Welcome to The Bridge Podcast. We're a group of young people from Ottawa that just live to spread faith, hope, and love. From wherever you're listening, we pray this message will bless you. Welcome to the other side. Um, we're moving into our segment where we're actually going to put on, um, we're going to have a panel discussion. And I've um, asked a few of my friends and family to join me today just to get into this um, topic of love. What does love look like? At our age, you know, going through high school, even being in middle school, all the way through, what does love really look like? As a Christian, as a young Christian male, as a young Christian female, what does love look like? And so we're going to get into that discussion real quick. Is that cool? Is that all right? Is that cool? Is that all right? Are we in this room together? Is that cool? Is that all right? Well, you guys have no choice because you're already here, right? And so um, get ready for it. Super excited. Um, So joining me today, uh, I'm going to ask... Um, my panelists to come up and I want to introduce you um, all to the church and these are all ministers and uh, ministers of God in the house of Transforming Life Center. We have David and Naomi and Putsu. Come on, let's clap for them. I said let's clap for them. Let's show them some love. Yeah. We also have Michelle and Emmanuel Masoonken and that's my family over there. And so you guys can have your seats over here to my right. And I'll sit in the middle um, just to separate the love that you guys all have for each other. Michelle and Mandy can sit right there. It's so good to have you all here with me. Can we show them some bridge love today? Come on. Um, And so I'm privileged to be in this love sandwich right here. Sandwich of love. Um, We have some newlyweds. Um, up on stage with me, um, Pastor Dave and Naomi. Why don't you introduce yourselves real quick? Who hey, you hey are. guys, how you guys doing? My name is David, as uh, Prophet Rob just said. This is my wife. My name is Naomi. And we are newlyweds. We've been married for exactly 10 months and 16 days today. He's counting even the days. Come on. The days. If that's not love, I don't know what is. That's a gentleman. I endeavor to be like him. That's, am- that's amazing. We're happy to have you here. Naomi, do you want to introduce yourself as well? Uh, my name is Naomi, and yes, we've been married for 10 months, and I didn't know it was that many days, but thank you for coming. <laughs> and yeah, I'm excited to be here to speak with you guys. Amazing. Um, cool clap for them. They're amazing panelists. Um, as well as to my right side, your left side, we have my cousin, my first cousin, and I have my brother-in-law as well, in love, actually. Um, and so why don't you introduce yourselves to the people. Good afternoon, Bridge. All right. I'm feeling the love. This is like love culture for real. We're so excited to be here. My name is Michelle, um, and we are married. We have been married for, I'm going to pass this on to you to add to this part as part of the love quiz. But my name is Michelle. Over to you. Bridgman Ping. <laughs> I don't think they say that anymore. We don't know that anymore, by the way. It's not a bridge man thing anymore. That was like our first year. Now it's just the bridge. I've always been wanting to say that. Oh. You can say it again if you want to. I don't know if you get any crowd. Bridge, bridge man thing? No. no. <laughs> How are you guys all doing? I'm super happy to be here as well with my wife. And uh, just looking at every single one of you, it's an amazing, amazing place that you guys have here. Uh, I wish I had this when I was uh, at this age. Uh, having a place to come and just sort of fellowship with like-minded people. It's, it's amazing. So my name again is Emmanuel, like my wife said. We've been married for almost three years uh, to the glory of God. It's been an amazing ride so far, and I look forward to the next 70, 80 years of marriage. Jesus. Amen. We will be 120 years old by then. Amen. 
<laughs> Go slap her ass for them. That is, uh, that is a grace. Um, and so we're happy to have you here. Um, and so I wanted to say this real quick. Last week I said this at our service. This love series, um, I'm putting forth a disclaimer that we're about to get as real as possible. We're about to get as honest as possible. It's, a get, it's about to get real hot in this place. Can we get real nitty gritty tonight? Is that okay? Can you get real nitty gritty tonight? I wanna know some intricate details. I'm going for details tonight, all right? Details. Um, and so we, we want to be super honest. Don't hold back on us. We, we're youth. We can take it uncut, raw. Um, and so let's get into it. So I, I, I uh, went to West Carlton Secondary School. Any wolves in the house? I know there's like two or three. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed now. Come on, any wolves in the house? Any wolves in the... <laughs> like two wolves. All right, West Carlton, stand up. Let's go. Um, I went to West Carlton Secondary School, and uh, my journey through high school was great. Um, I found myself uh, in specifically two relationships. Uh, I think two real relationships. The others were, you know, um, we thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, can we just thank God for the blood of Jesus? Hey, aren't you grateful for the blood of Jesus? I'm grateful for the blood. The others were, you know, side things. Um, we're being real, but we're going after today. So those were side things, but I had like two real relationships. And throughout my journey in, in high school, I don't know why, but to me, it felt like everybody around me was like in relationships. Like, I don't know if that's what's still happening in high school right now. Are people still like in a bunch of relationships? Yeah. And I, find, I found myself like, I know I'm a Christian. My dad's Dr. Ralph. I'm a Christian. And I found myself like surrounded by people in relationships. And so I felt like there was added pressure for me to fit in with the culture to also get into a relationship. And I don't know why there was like some void that I wanted to fill of being in a relationship. And I feel like that void is still prevalent today. And why is it that we oftentimes have that void for intimacy, that void for relationship, that void for love during this age group of grades 9 to grades 12, even starting from grade 7 to grade 12. Why is that? I'll throw it over to the newlywed couple. Why is that there is a desire for us to feel love at this age when we can't really do anything about it? I'll have Naomi start first. You can talk about your experience. Um, okay, so for my experience, I would say that I desired to be loved at a young age because I was lacking and I didn't understand the love of God. So I didn't understand the love of God and I didn't also have a father there. So I feel like that's the reason why I was personally seeking love in different areas, right? But um, I can't really, I don't really know why it's a big thing right now for young people to get in relationships, but I understand why they want love so badly. You just want to, you want to feel comfort. You want someone to tell you you look nice or that they love you, right? That's the reason why you go out there and you seek love, you seek relationship. But that's pretty much what my experience was, why I did it. Uh, for me in high school, um, we yeah, know you were a player in yeah, high school. Different. Look at his you face. Are. Doesn't he look like a player? Come on, look at you that are. beard, and he has the whole French thing going on. Like I'm. Just, I'll be honest, in high school, I, I didn't want relationships, but I wanted sex. Like, I wanted, like, can we see that? Yeah? Oh, yeah, so, like, in high school, so all my friends... Go ahead, get yeah. into it. So all my friends were dating, but I just wanted girls. Like, I remember, like, I remember, like, I was yesterday. I came into grade nine, I'm like, you know what? I went to summer camp that summer, so I'm like, I'm going to come to school. I'll be a pastor. I'll, like, holy ghost, all of that, right? Then the first day of high school, I went to Catholic school, by the way. Anyone went to Catholic school? Yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. So my first day of high school... 
I, I remember seeing like this one girl like some mini skirt my kids done. Like I don't care about God anymore. I'm like, let me like let me just live my life, right? And because my surroundings, I think for me it was really my surroundings, all my friends expected something out of me. Like because you're a guy, because you're black, because you're an athlete, because you play basketball, you have to live this certain type of lifestyle. And that was really for me the peer pressure. Like if I wasn't like talking to a girl, doing something with a girl, hitting up a girl, and I wasn't a man. You know what I mean? Wow. So you had to prove yourself. Exactly. By just trying to get with somebody, exactly. pretty much. Yeah. I, I want to touch on something that Naomi said, though. She said that the reason why she went after a relationship was because she needed affirmation, because she didn't have that at home. Um, and you didn't, you didn't hear that. You didn't hear how you were loved or how beautiful you were because your father wasn't there. Um, I want to ask Manny and Michelle. Uh, I know uh, Michelle can speak to this. How important is it for you as a woman at that age? from the ages that we are, to hear um, that you are beautiful, that you are loved at that age. How important is it? How does that shape who you are and who you become? Yeah, and I mean, when you think about it, your father as a female is the first man that you ever love. He's the first person to validate you, the first person to kiss you, the first man to hey! love you. I mean, it gets real, right? So that, that is hugely important because that almost sets the tone of what to expect in your personal relationship or in your future relationship. So it's crucial, it's extremely important. And I can relate to Naomi's situation there too where I had my dad growing up, but during those critical periods, as soon as I turned 16 is when he moved away. And that's when I needed the validation more than anything. That's when I needed to hear that I was beautiful. That's when I needed to hear that I was precious. All the things that I didn't hear from him, I'm gonna look for from other people. And so it's extremely important because it shapes who you are and it teaches you what to expect from other men as well too. Um, and so for me, I had to, it took time, but I had to realize that I didn't have to depend on my dad for that. And that's why I love the song that we sang about God being a good, good father. I had to find that from the ultimate father of fathers. And that's for me what gave me that validation that I needed. So even if your father isn't in your life, you can still find that validation from Jesus. 100%. How is that possible? Because I know practically your dad's not at home. How can you still feel the love of a male, of a, of a father? How can you still hear those words um, if, your dad's not if, if, if your dad's not present? How, like, tell me how. How did you do that? It's in his word. It's in his word. And that's where I had to get that validation from. I took that word as my love letter. And if he says that I'm beautifully and wonderfully made, I mean, who am I to argue with God? Wow. Wow. If that's what he's saying about me, the one who created me, I can't argue. I can't dispute that. So regardless of who has anything else to say, if God is telling me that I'm beautiful, then I, I'm beautiful. Jeez. And that's My what God. it comes down to. Come on, let's clap our hands for that. That was beautiful. Uh, the word says it all. The word affirms us. The word has everything in, in it towards females, but also towards males. Um, Manny, if your father, I'm not sure if your father was there or if he wasn't there, but even as a male at that age, how important is it for you to hear the affirmation? Because uh, even as David was saying, he wasn't really looking for a relationship, he was just looking for, um, for sex. Um, and I think that that's because there was a void in your heart that you wanted filled. Um, and so even as a male receiving that validation, hearing from a female, oh man, you're beautiful, like, I, you're so handsome, like, I love how you wear your baggy jeans, you know, back in the day, y'all were wearing the baggy jeans and the big tops, but how important is that? as a male to also hear that affirmation. Do you hear the affirmation from your father or from your mother? How, is that, how, how does that work? It's an important question. It's a super important uh, question. Right before I get into it, I saw Pastor Kofi over there. Uh, what's up, Pastor Kofi? <laughs> Pastor Kofi's in the house. Where's he at? Is he in the back? He's in the back somewhere. We love you. Can we appreciate the man of God, Pastor Kofi? Let's clap our hands for him. So, um, 
I, I think back, back, in, back in those critical days, back in those critical years of my life, and I remember one particular occasion where my dad actually was there. Uh, he wasn't there growing up, but he was there during those critical age uh, from high school and, and onwards. And I remember this one day, I just felt this need to tell him that I love him. Um, uh, and I, I, I went ahead, told him, Papa, uh, I love you in my own language. And he didn't really say it back. And from that day, I never said it again. And I never heard it back from him either. So that affected me. And I remember that that occasion very, very well because uh, my brothers were there, my sisters were there, and I went ahead and said it, and it seemed as if I shouldn't have said it. Why would you go and tell your father that you love him? Uh, but, but you, you see, though, it was a need that I had to, share, to tell my father, not even my mother, to tell my father that I love him and to expect that to come back to me, and yet it didn't come back to me. So that affected me onwards uh, when, when I started growing and becoming more uh, able to sort of seek out love elsewhere, I did just that. And I never again, from that day on, never really, never really had a chance to, to share love with my father. So it was extremely important. Um, and I, I mean, if you don't have that love right now from your father, like my wife said, you definitely need to go and find it from the word of God. Uh, you have to get it from the word of God. And the word of God is all sufficient. And I thank God for this house because you do get the word of God every single Saturday when you come here. So I'm really thankful for your lives. Uh, it's a great place. It's a great source, right? The word of God is a great source to get that all sufficient type of love. So good. Um, so as you were saying, it is all right for men to say, I love you to another man. It is. I feel like sometimes, you know, in our culture um, right now, that if we say to another man um, that, you know, I love you, as, as a male, if you're a male and you say to another guy, man, I love you so much, we think that that's like a weird thing. Like, I know that every time, you know, sometimes I text guys in the house, like, who are here in the crowd, man, hey, I love you so much, and just, I just get hard. I'm like, all right. Like, <laughs> listen, it, it's okay to, to tell another man that you love them with the love of Christ, you know? Sometimes we try to, like, corrupt um, the love that we share as brethren, but it's actually okay. Come on, why don't you just turn to your neighbor and say, I love you with the love of Jesus Christ real quick. Nah, y'all didn't say it. Say it real good. Like, say it real quick. Come on. I heard some guys, and I, I love you. Listen, say I love you with the love of Jesus Christ. It's all right to say I love you, man. Some people, listen, some people don't receive the love that they need at home. And so when you say it as their brother, it really means something. You know, of course, the word of God says it, but when another man who's your friend says, yo, bro, I love you so much, it really means something. And so that's important. And I thank you so much for noting that out. Um, I want to flip the switch a little bit, and I want to get into a little bit more uh, nitty-gritty things. At what point are you ready for a relationship? In high school, come on, somebody, I don't know if this is ministering to somebody, but at what point? Tell me when. What is the age? What do I need? When can I receive intimate love from somebody? When am I ready for a relationship? Um, I know you guys are just starting out. When did you, you know, when did you say, okay, I'm ready for a relationship? At what point? Um, I would say going back to the love of God first, a lot of people are looking for their ride or die, right? But like your first ride or die is Jesus, of course. Like he literally died for you, right? So when you understand that first, when you understand that the first love is, is Christ, then you're, you're able to show that love to other people, I feel. So I wasn't ready for a relationship until I fully understood myself in Christ, until I fully knew myself in Christ. That's when I realized that I was ready to then get to know David. And that's what 
So at what age? Were you in high school when you got to know no, David? No, no, no. In high school, I could not date. Like, <laughs> in high school. <laughs> why did you not find your destiny partner in high school? Why? Like, tell oh, me gosh. why. Like, is a person who's sliding into my DMs, is that my man? Should I pursue that at this age? Like, No, no. In high school, I was just murked. Like, I just... Hey, sorry, <laughs> we, we, didn't, we didn't hear you too, real. Can you say so for the people in the back, real quick? <laughs> in high school, I was just, I was really broken. My standards, my, like, what I wanted in a relationship was, okay, if he looks nice, like, we're about it. You know what I mean? Mm. But, like, when I got older and I realized that I needed a man of God is when things kind of shifted. So, wow. I don't know where you guys are at right now with your relationship with God, but I would focus on that first before even focus on getting a ting or a ride or die, mm. to be honest. Tingy, okay, 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 okay. Um, I'll throw it over to uh, to Manny. At what point are you ready for a relationship? So Naomi said that in high school she wasn't really looking for all that destiny partner type of stuff. But at what point are you ready for a relationship? Whew. For a godly relationship. For a godly relationship, I, I could speak for myself. I think um, I became more and more ready for a relationship when I knew that I needed to fulfill purpose. And so I started looking for that person that would allow me or that would help me to fulfill purpose. What does that mean to fulfill purpose? Like, what, if, what does that mean? What is purpose? Purpose is fulfilling the will of God. Uh, so God created us for a purpose, for a reason, something that he placed us here on earth to accomplish, a will. And so when I figured that I, I'm getting an inkling, I'm, I'm getting this understanding of what my purpose may be, but I can't do it by myself. I need someone else. I need a destiny partner to help me fulfill that particular purpose. And so I started looking out, searching for a person that could fit in my rib, if you will, searching for that particular person. So it wasn't just anybody, right? And at that point in my life, I was a little bit older than most of you are. Uh, so prior to that, though, I didn't know my purpose. And so I was, if you will, all over the place, right? Until I sort of knew my purpose, and then I started going after it. So, you, so, so pretty much you're saying that everybody here who's in the room, everybody here who's on earth has a purpose from God. So we weren't just born into earth just to be, you know, vagabonds, just to be chilling, taking pics on, D, on Insta. Just, you know, we weren't just born just to be on our phones all the time, but we were actually born for a purpose, for a reason. That's what you're saying, right? 110%. And so there's somebody that God has also designed for your destiny to be accomplished. 100%. So if you miss the person that God has designed for you, then you're, like, what happens? And you're doomed? Like, how important is it for you to have that person in your life that God has selected? Fulfilling purpose without that person is almost, it's, it's really difficult, right? God will have to help you. If you miss that critical time where uh, God is aligning, your, aligning you to meet that person and yet you're not ready to fulfill purpose yet, it becomes very, life becomes very hard. And yet life shouldn't be hard. We start thinking, oh, why is life so hard? Why is life so hard? When we, become, when we get in the, in, into that phase where we should be finding our, our, our destiny partners, right? And so life becomes harder and life shouldn't be hard. So pretty much finding your destiny partner wasn't in high school necessarily. Not at all. I was not ready. Back in my high school days, um, I was not ready. To say the least. <laughs> so what are the things that you do need to have a godly, you know, relationship? Like, what, what do you need to have? What, what are some prerequisites, if you will, for you to, I guess, have or be eligible for a relationship? Uh, Mish, I'll just throw that over to you. I think part of being ready for a godly relationship is knowing, for me at least, it was knowing who I am and knowing whose I am as well. So knowing what God says about me. 
um, allowed me to prepare myself for that relationship so that I can screen properly. I cannot just fall for anybody who comes after me, but that became my standard. So knowing and having that strong relationship with God allowed me to screen out those who were not of God and those relationships that were not in line with my destiny or with my purpose. So for me, I think it's coming to a place of complete wholeness and understanding of who you are in God and not being in a relationship because you need that void filled or because you need companionship or because you're bored or because you want someone to talk to late at night. It's about destiny, like we talked about. It's about purpose. So for me, that became important. I needed to make sure that my reasoning, my mindset was in line with God's word and not out of my own personal desire to be in a relationship, but that timing was everything and timing was in line with God's timing as well. So when I was in high school, I, I went through this phase, I don't know if it was like grade 10 or grade 11, where it was like every single night, I just wanted to be on my phone talking to somebody. Like I really wanted to practice like my pillow voice, you know what I mean? Like I, I wanted to really, pra- like I wanted to make sure that my game was on point. Listen, my tongue is of gold. God has anointed my tongue and it started from a very, very young age. And I, I wanted to make sure that, I st- that your boy still has it, you know what I mean? I want to make sure. So what happens when you find yourself in high school, grade 11, grade 12, and you know, you're, you're trying to just, you know, you're trying to mack on somebody late night, and you're just, your body's doing you something. I don't know, like, sometimes your body's just shaking. You want to just, I don't know if I'm talking to anybody in this place. Okay, you guys can be holy. We're, we're over here in our own world, all right? Your body's just shaking. It's 11 o'clock. It's midnight. You've seen there was a man or a woman, a guy or a girl in the hallway, and you really just want to talk to them, and so they express interest in you, and they, now you guys have each other's number, and you guys made plans to speak late night uh, 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 so if, if your body oh I'm talking to this place I'm coming I'm coming I'm coming from people's house today so what happens when you find yourself late night you know the phone's going off the man gives you the eyes you know the eye emojis he's looking at you listen those eye emojis say so many things. It says, what are you doing? What are you saying? Are you ready for FaceTime? Are you ready for iMessage? Are you ready for living? What? Those eyes right there it means it's time to go, all right? So what happens when, can I be real today? What, what happens when you're in that situation and someone sends over those eyes real quick? And what, what do you do? You know, your body's itching. You just finished praying and you know this is an attack from the enemy. What do you do at that point? What do you do? I'll throw this over for, to, to, to Naomi. What do you do? You get those eyes real quick. A man slides in. That was before David. What do you do? You're in high school. Do you respond? What happens? How do you abstain from such conversations? What do you do? Do you say yes to God? Or do you say no to the devil? Come on, somebody. <laughs> well, yeah, so I feel like, you, again, you have to know yourself. Like, you have to know what you can handle. If talking to a girl or a guy at a certain time is not really going to work for you, then you have to know that how you have to cut it out. I'll tell you guys a story. So David and I, when we were recording, we agreed to, like, not kiss before marriage because we're like, okay, we can't do it. It brings up, <laughs> it brings up thoughts or whatever. Mm. But then... Um, <laughs> One day we we broke that agreement and um, and we and we kissed we kissed before marriage and we realized that we couldn't actually do that because it was, a lot it was of more thoughts, of a makeout session. Yeah, it was, it was a, a yeah. Session. It turned into like it started off with okay, let's just peck, but then after it turned into like you know making out and we realized yeah, Jesus. it's not good. <laughs> Jesus, help us today. So then we realized that how it brings like certain thoughts and ideas in our minds, so we have to cut it before it you know grows into something deeper. So just knowing yourself and knowing what you can tolerate is the best way to, 
to deal with that. So there's so many things you just said right there. Okay, let's let's start this. Is kissing a bad thing? What happened? Hold on. Let me let me let me phrase this real nice. Is kissing a bad thing? What, what happens when you kiss somebody? Are there spirits that come inside you? If you French kiss, a peck is a peck a bad thing. How far can you go? I want to know. I feel like <laughs> help me, help me. It's never uh, it's never really gonna stop at a peck. That's the thing. So we have to understand that like. <laughs> So the peck is a preliminary thing. Yeah, it's a gateway. It's a gateway. Like the, the peck is a gateway to something else, right? So hold up, hold up. You, the peck is a what? It's a gateway, okay? So the peck, <laughs> the peck is where it starts off, and then you start getting these thoughts. Okay, if we can peck, we can probably, like, you know, make out. If we can make out, you know, what's the problem with us being in bed together watching a movie? What's, you know what I mean? Like, a peck is like the, the precursor of... That's so what no I Netflix personally and chilling. No That's, Netflix and chilling. Like no, no Netflix. No and Netflix and chilling. No. no. Sorry, continue. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Sorry, continue. So, I, so she said that kissing is a gateway. What does that mean? Break that down for me. What is what is a gateway? What happens? I know you guys are newlyweds. Yeah. You guys had a little, you know, falling point at some point in your, you know, courting period. But we thank Jesus for the blood. Come on, Amen. are we grateful for Amen. the blood of Jesus? <laughs> Woo! So it's a gate. The blood of Jesus! Ebasha. <laughs> Yo, um, a gateway for what? Uh, I'll make this quick comment, then I'll answer your question too. If, if you actually love the girl, I'm speaking for guys, but girls, same, same thing applies to you guys. If you love the person and you guys kiss and nothing happens, then you don't love them. That's my thing. Like, because the love, the passion, the intensity, the heat is so strong, right? And that's, that could all be like, that could all be good. But the moment you lock your lips, Bro, like you start feeling everything. It beats, but everything begins to change, you know? The whole atmosphere, you feel like Daniel sees you, the whole atmosphere changes, right? So now the gateway is, you know, I believe God gave us a spirit of innovation. So whatever you start, you have to innovate. So a kiss is now a makeout. A makeout is now, you begin to go progressively from one point to another. So simply put, for me specifically, I'm just speaking for myself. I might have just been thirsty. Who knows? Is anyone thirsty? Like, it could have just been that I'm thirsty, but... For me, the kiss, it gave me so many different ideas that I hadn't thought since I was in the blood that I was like, oh, shoot, I can't do that anymore. You know what I mean? It opened up all these different possibilities, basically, mm. you know, for it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Wow. So, so, so if, we, if we try to quantify it, right, let, let's, go, let's go with, um, let's go with, with, with drugs. All right, let me touch on this real quick. Let me, um, um, you know, go back to, like, gym class and phys ed and all that type of stuff where they spoke to us about gateway drugs. Um, and so I heard that, you know, weed is almost like a gateway drug to other things, yeah. right? Can I say that? Is, have you guys heard that before? That weed is like a gateway drug to, something, to other things? So in the same vein, is that, like, what kissing is? I know you've been married for a little while. Is kissing, like, a gateway to other things? Like where it just doesn't stop there? Is that what it is? I don't know. Uh, Miss, if you can help me with that. Hey, hello. <laughs> <laughs> what is it a gateway to? What I mean, is kissing a gateway to? It's ultimately a gateway to sex, right? That's, that's where it ultimately leads to. So you start with the lips and then the hands find their places other places and then so on and so forth. So you have to keep that in mind that it literally is a path that leads you down to wherever it ends up leading you to, which ultimately would become sex. And so keeping that in mind, right? Even if it might not be that day, but it might be the next time that you guys kiss. It might slowly become that, right? You don't start smoking weed and all of a sudden you're doing fentanyl. It becomes, it comes over time. 
And so once you've given yourself permission to one thing, then you decide, okay, let's take it to another level. Let's try something else. Let's do something else. Let me put my hand here this time, or hands there this time. And so it becomes gradual, but that's how the enemy works. It's slow, it's gradual, but it's detrimental. So as soon as you give the enemy just one little inch, you know, today, it doesn't really matter. I can kiss you. It's okay. There's one. Let me try this little thing. Then the enemy will just take the whole mile. He runs with it. You give him an inch and he'll take the whole mile. Totally. And so you touched on something. You said that uh, 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 it leads to sex. Kissing leads to sex. Now, is sex a bad thing? That's all you, Doug. Manny, is sex a bad thing? Tell me. I really want to know. Is sex, sex a bad thing? If I... before marriage is a bad thing. Why is it a bad thing? It is a bad thing because it is a sin. You are, you are not yet committed to that person. Or, so you, you, the wife, or you, the, the woman and the, and the men, you're not yet committed into a holy matrimony. And yet you are doing things... You are, you are locking yourself into a spiritual bind, and yet you do not know. Once you lock yourself into that spiritual bind without commitments, you are going to now start carrying that person's spiritual baggage or the, the, the person's spiritual life, if you will, along with you, right? So sex in itself is not bad, but sex before marriage could be detrimental. So, so, so you, said, you said that once you have sex with somebody, then you begin to carry their spiritual baggage. What does that even mean? So sex is not just the act, but there's more to it. I mean, uh, you can speak to that as well. Well, well because when two, people be, when two people engage in a sexual activity, if you will, whether it's they, oral they become, or actually... Whether like, it's oral, whether it's anything sexual, it does not have to be what we consider to be sex. Sexual uh, activity could be any number of things, right? So when the two people become... Or when they, when they engage in that activity, they then become one spiritually. When two people become... When, so in, in marriage, when, we, when you get married, they say the two shall now become one. Right? So now when you do sexual activities or when you do activities before marriage, you have now become one with that person without even knowing. Right? Now you carry that person for life unless you break it at some point. Right? So that's essentially what happens. In the spiritual realm, things are happening when you're engaging in sexual activities. And that's even before you do what we consider to be sex. It is anything that could lead your mind, lust. Right? Even lust could lead you to, to that lock where you're becoming one with a person that you haven't even touched yet. And that is what lust could do to you. So what is lust? Uh, I know, uh, you know, when I was younger, you know, I used to, you know, just, uh, just want to be with somebody. I would even envision myself with somebody. What, like, what is lust? I don't even know. I never knew, you know, what it was exactly, but I'll let you explain it. What is lust and how can that affect me even in marriage? What is lust exactly? Can you just break that down for us, Dave? So, um, like Pastor Manny said, sex is good. And I know, like, a lot of times in the church, not in this church, but a lot of times growing up, like, I was always hearing about how sex was bad. So I was like, what the heck? And it made no sense to me because I'm like, how, do, how am I born, basically? You know what I mean? And so when it comes, <laughs> it made no sense. I'm like, you're telling me, you know, you're born to you tell me sex is bad, whatever. Um, so, so I'm just thinking back to where I heard that. Cheese me. Um, <laughs> so now when it comes to lust, right? So lust, ultimately, it is a sexual desire that is uncontrolled. It's a sexual desire or craving that is uncontrolled and out of boundaries, right? So like Pastor Manny said, if you have a thought towards, I have a thought towards my wife that's sexual, that is controlled because we're married and there's a boundary, which is our covenant, right? But now, back in the day when I was in high school and I would have these thoughts, it was uncontrolled. I wasn't, one, married, so there was no covenant, and two, there were no boundaries. So when I had these thoughts, it could just bring me anywhere. There was no protection. I'll give you an example. 
back when I was younger, there are many, I mean, at this point, I already told everything. So there are many girls that I dealt with, right, that were actually, like, they were whack. They were actually whack. And I'm sure you can say the same thing about the guys you dealt yeah, with. Yeah. They, were, they were whack. Whack. <laughs> they were whack. Whack. But because when you were, you know, when you were taking part in sexual acts, there was no boundary, control, or covenants, it clouded your vision. You feel me? So, like, I don't know if you guys have this experience. Basically, um, you're with a girl, you're with a guy, and you know it's, that person's bad for you. You know they're a bum. You know they're a loser. But because you've gone to sexual act, you keep on going back to that person. Like, all your boys are saying, you're like, girl, it's crazy, bro. You're like, oh, but you're thinking, oh, my gosh, but it's so good. You know what I mean? So when, when now you're abundant in lust and you're out of boundaries and control and the covenant, it literally messes you up, mm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. So, so, so what do you do, guys? Uh, help me. I need help. What do you do? You've already experienced, you, you've experienced sex. You've experienced kissing. You've experienced making, you, you've experienced oral sex. You've experienced all these things at such a young age in high school. How do you just stop doing it? You know that it's bad after hearing this conversation. How do you just stop? Like, what do you do to just, like, can you just stop? Because you've already experienced it. You know how blessed things feel. Like, you know how intimate you get with somebody. You know, you know your heart goes boom, and then you just, you cl- like, it just it feels amazing. What do you, how do you just stop? What do you do? Mish, help me. It's definitely not easy. And I think that's one thing you have to realize, that it's not easy. Once you've tasted it, once you've experienced it, knowing what that is like becomes even harder. But I think that that's what makes it. And, and there's a huge difference between just abstaining from sex and being celibate. You know, so if you're not in a relationship with anybody, you're obviously going to abstain because you're not going to have sex by yourself, right? Whereas when you're a celibate, the option is there. You're in a relationship, but you guys are choosing to keep yourselves pure until you guys get married. And so that becomes a decision that you make. And when we make that decision, one, it takes grace. It takes being able to, one, have that conversation with your partner and also understand that it's not going to be easy, that you need to rely on something greater than yourself. And so I think for me, one of the things that I had to keep in mind is, you know, when Solomon says that you shouldn't awaken love until it so desires or until it pleases. That's the truth, right? If I'm going to put myself in certain situations or if I'm going to put myself in certain environments and if I'm going to be out there during ungodly hours and there is such thing, I know that it's going to awaken something in me. There's no denying that as holy as I want to be, it's going to awaken something in me. And that's the truth. So it makes, it, it, it takes another level of decision making. Where I go, who I'm with, what time I'm out, when we're alone. It takes all these things that you actually have to start to plan and make conscious decisions about. As opposed to being careless about or else you'll find yourself back in that same place again. Wow. Come on, that was so good. Let's clap our hands for that. That was so good. You made a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to wrap up a little bit quick, but um, you made a point, Mish, and you said that, you know, the Bible says not to awaken love before it's time. So by saying that, that means that love is actually asleep, isn't it? It's not what the Bible says, that love is actually asleep, but we're the ones who actually go and awake love. It's not what the Bible says. And so how do we show love to somebody without actually being sexual about it? How do you do that? How do you show love to somebody without being sexual about it? As you can take. And I think that's, that's important to keep in mind that sex doesn't equate love. You can have sex with someone who you don't love, and someone can have sex with you and not love you. So I wouldn't equate the two together, that sex is love. I think one thing to keep in mind is that sex, sex is an action, obviously. And, you know, if we look at the example of the love that God shows us, like Dad always says, it's about giving and forgiving. 
You know, and there's so many ways to show love without having to be sexually intimate with somebody. It's how we spend our time with them. It's what we do, the gifts that we give them. It's the things that we say, the words of affirmation, being able to, to affirm them and to compliment them. There's so many ways to show love other than being sexual. Sexual intimacy should not be the definition of love. If that's our definition, then we've definitely distorted what love really is. So if someone's just panting after you, chasing after you, wanting to have sex or sleep with you, that doesn't necessarily mean that they love you. It means that they're just trying to get with you to get what they want because Absolutely. maybe they're not experiencing love at home from their father Absolutely. or mother as well. Yep. And so all these people trying to slide in, trying to talk to you, trying to tell you that they love you so much, probably don't even have your best interest at heart. They have their best interest at heart and they're coming after you because they're not receiving the love that they need from Jesus Christ. And so abstaining is one of the most important things. I want to speak to this point as we wrap up real quick. Being involved with somebody, even emotionally, Let's say you're a great Christian, you come, you're on the worship team, you're, you're dancing, you're even an usher, all those types of things. You come to church, you have 24 hours of prayer, you have 48 hours of prayer, you have 72 hours of prayer. You even do your own fasting, but you're also, let's say, emotionally involved with somebody. You have bare Snapchat fires and streaks with somebody. Uh, come, on, Am I talking to anybody in this place? You wake up every day, Snapchat, psh, fire, keep the fire going, you know, oh, that's my friend. Like We just talk, that's my friend, you know. Being emotionally involved with somebody, being emotionally attached, is that a bad thing at this age? Is that a good thing? Is that healthy? Is that not healthy? And I'll let Naomi take this one. Being emotionally involved with somebody. Let's say you're not even being sexual with them, but just even emotionally. I think Imani spoke on it a bit about like soul ties. So there could be like an emotional soul tie that you could have with somebody. And I think even being emotionally involved with them, but not really knowing if they're like the one or if they're who God has planned for you, even if you don't know who yourself is, it's a bad idea because you want to you wanna know who you are first before getting emotionally involved with anybody. And you don't want to build a soul tie that you're going to have to break a few years from now because you got into a right relationship, but like you're stuck on somebody else that you're emotionally involved with, right? So... Being emotionally involved at this age, I, I personally wouldn't do it. I don't think it's a, it's a good idea. Okay. Dave, how about you? Being yeah. emotionally involved at, like, uh, at, at such an age, is that like, a bad thing? I, I think emotional like, involvement could even be more dangerous than physical one. Wow. Because it's, it's much more, it's less like, if someone has sex, then it's obvious, right? But emotional soul ties are more, um, they're more, like, they're more slick. You know what I mean? So, like you were saying, the fire streak. Like you, one day you wake up, you don't realize like you're actually, like, every single moment you're thinking about that person. And what that does, essentially, is that it can control the realm of your soul. Wow. So, your, your mind, your will, and your emotions. So, you never even had sex or sexual contact with that person. But yet, what they say, what they do, uh, where they're going can literally control everything that you do. Because you've given them your heart prematurely. And once again, it's because the enemy wants to distract you. You feel so, me? They're not even your boyfriend or girlfriend. They could just be your friend. Yeah but they can also be hella attached to you exactly, yeah. just because you're always trying to interact, always trying to talk to them. Yeah. So there's something that happens when you're always constantly interacting with somebody, man. Why don't you speak to that? How, what happens when you're always interacting, let's say with the opposite sex? How important is it just to have guy friends, female friends? Um, is, should we abstain from having um, the friends of the opposite sex? How important is you know, that emotional detachment? Wow. <clears throat> super, Sorry, super. That was a lot, that was a lot of questions. Um, but we, we, we got to know. We got to know because this is something that's happening. Emotional attachment. How important or unimportant is that? Well, it's super important to detach from, from getting involved with uh, someone of the, of, of the opposite gender, especially during that age when 
you're trying to, let's say, find yourself, like Naomi had said many, many times now, uh, if you're wanting to find yourself, you want to make sure that you do that first. You become whole, you understand who you are, what God has said about you. Uh, find that in God, right? But when you start finding that from someone else, from anyone else, uh, from, from, a, from, a, from a friend that you think is just a friend of yours, then, like David said, you're attached to them in the soul. In, 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 the, in, in that realm, you are also attached to them. And how, how, how they're doing affects you. What they're doing affects you, right? Where they go affects you. Wow, that's so good. Um, we want to wrap up real quick. And I just want um, all of you just to give them some final tips of advice. Um, you know, if you're in their position in high school, um, some final tips of advice, what you would tell them. Um, and actually, I even want to ask this question before I give you guys closing remarks. Um, what should we be doing until we're ready for an actual godly relationship? What do you do? What should you be doing right now in this season until you're ready for an actual relationship? Um, Naomi, I'll throw this to you and we'll go all the way around. Um, I would say just prepare yourself. Like, if you have standards that you want from that other person, prepare yourself to match up to those standards, right? Um, just keep on praying, be in the word, receive, like, learn to understand more of the love of God before trying to understand love from someone else. As I was saying, just get to know yourself and, yeah, prepare yourself. Uh, yeah, I would say um, find who you are in Christ, number one. Well, sorry, find who Christ is, find who you are in Christ, and find what's your purpose. Because the person that you're going to be with, their only role in your life is to put you towards your destiny. So if you don't know what your destiny is, then what can they do? You know what I mean? You won't even know who to attach yourself to. If I could say one word, it's have fun, guys. Stay single when, when, you, when you have this period where you're, you're, you're alone or you're, you're, you're not necessarily alone, but where you're, you're finding yourself. Have fun, enjoy life, uh, because then there will come a time when God will put you in a path where you will meet that destiny partner, and you want to be ready at that, at that point. You want to say, you know, you know what? I've grown, I've matured. Now I know who I am, and I'm ready to to live my life with, a, with another person. So have fun, enjoy your life. You're still very much young. There will come a time for you to enjoy a partner or a partnership in a marriage. Amen. I think um, to the ladies, one of the things that I I want you all to keep in mind is. Um, the importance in recognizing, again, who you are and recognizing that once you identify who you are, then no guy can come and speak to you anyhow or to lead you in any other path or any other way as well too. And I think that that also speaks to the fact that if you don't get that validation from home, from your dad, look for that in God. Don't make that an excuse to now go out and look for a guy. Because my dad didn't tell me I love me. Let me go find a guy to tell me that he loves me. Find that in Christ and keep that in mind as well, too. And remember that if you awaken love before it, it desires, that's when we find ourselves in emotional wreck. And then we, you know, get into trust issues and things of that nature. So don't awaken it until it desires and until it's time to please. So I think that, as you all said, being single isn't a bad thing. It's a good thing. It gives you time to get to know who you are, get to know who God is, get to know the love of Jesus Christ. Um, spend time doing new things. You know, find a new hobby. Learn how to play the piano. Um, make more friends. Write a song. Do something. Get yourself active. Uh, play sports, as we all do. You don't need a girl or a guy to validate who you are. 
And I just want to touch on this. Uh, Michelle said this, that if your father is not at home and let's say you guys don't have that relationship where he says he loves you or your mother doesn't say they love you. Listen, the, the love of Jesus is found in the word of God and that word should affirm you. That word should affirm you. If you find scriptures, oh, God loves me. God loves me. God died for me. That should be enough for you. And I want you just to endeavor to go deeper in the word. Uh, wherever you are, I want you to be on your feet really quickly. And I want you just to clap your hands for our panelists. Thank you all so much. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We hope this message blessed you. For more information on The Bridge, follow us on all our social medias at Hope CLTR. God bless.